And hello everyone! Welcome to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls Night. I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin. And today is Freydas. First seed the 21st. I will get into that in just a second. Uh, but I'd like to uh, introduce my, my fellow co-hosts here uh, on Classic Elder Scrolls Night. And uh, first and foremost is our our brand new directors of uh, video content management, John Supa. Hey, Varwin. Thanks for having me again. Of course, of course. And uh, congratulations on your on your uh, your new position. Thank you. And uh, Mark you of Tamriel the uh, video content director as well with uh, with John. Hey, Omadooks, you're back with me, Morikyu, here on Classic Elder Scrolls Night. We're on Twitch, we're on some weird podcast stuff, and we're also on the YouTubes. Ivarwin, you are welcome to have me here. Uh, and and it's always good to be welcomed by you, sir. <laughs> Indeed. You may proceed, peasant. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Um, also, we are joined by Shank Tank. Hello, internets. Uh, what's going on? We got a actually a pretty baller show for tonight. I'm wicked stoked. Sweet, baller means good. <laughs> yes, in in English, yes, baller means baller. good. <laughs> Here we go. We're about to have a baller show, guys. Um. All right. So, uh, what the live stream right now is is looking at. Uh, the if you guys are watching the live stream. This uh, this image that you're looking at right here was uh, given to us by one of our uh, community community managers, uh, Monovan, and she sent this to me a couple of weeks ago, or I think last week, and she had said, you know, this would this would be really awesome for for classic Elder Scrolls night, and um, reminded me of it today before we went live. Uh, what we have here are our pictures of the races of Elder Scrolls from uh, a bunch of the uh, the games in in the series uh, or at least one all the games that you can extrapolate these these images from certainly uh Redguard and Shadowkeep are not among them but you've got um, uh, Imperial Nord Redguard Breton Altmer Dunmer Bosmer Khajiit Argonian Orc for Arena Daggerfall Battlespire Marwind Oblivion and Skyrim Pretty awesome looking stuff. <laughs> it really is. I yeah. think I think the two fell asleep. Honestly, that's no. I, I'm just I'm <laughs> just studying like all of these pictures. Like if you if you just pick one column, and you know, kind of glance your eyes, just focusing on one race, man. Man, I mean, it's you. You can see that like the design language for one race is consistent, but like just literally shoot through sheer virtue of technology. It's just changed, like he morphed completely. Even if you look at the last three games, I mean, man, there's a big jump from Morrowind to Oblivion and then from Oblivion <laughs> to Skyrim. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, I was saying to Revalwin that like, in spite of the, the limited capabilities of the early games, like Morrowind looks the worst by far. Oh, I, I think it's horrible. <laughs> look at look at the Bosman. It's like, 
It doesn't look uh, much better in Oblivion. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the, er, er, like it's I, I, one of the things that I don't like about Oblivion is the fact that every single person except for the Argonians and orcs look like they've been beaten in the face with a potato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bosmer don't look right till about Skyrim. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. It's just horrible. Look at look at the Khajiit. Like, all right, so the Khajiit didn't even make an appearance in in Battlespire, but in Arena and Daggerfall, the Khajiit are not even cats. Oh, they look pretty human to me. Yeah, yeah. Same with the uh, Argonians in Arena. Shank, you should totally play Battlespire. There's no Argonians in it. <laughs> That's like this. Yeah, I, I just need to get game? my hands on an N gauge, whatever the hell that is. Um, there's no um, there's no beast race at all. Racist. Yeah. That's true. No, no, I'll get no Imperials either in the first three. <laughs> yeah, that's alright. See, this is, this, I think this is kind of cool because, like, if you look at the focusing on specifically the Khajiit in the last three titles, because that, that's when they started actually taking on that more feline character, it's interesting because, like, they, they, you can see that they look like different types of cats in each one. You have Morrowind where they're more tiger like. Oblivion, they have more, you know, lion-like, and then in, in Skyrim, they're more lynx-like, bear-like. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think that's that's definitely kind of cool. Like they, they're they're def, they're still definitely you know like cats, but they have they're, they're different types of cats in each one. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and orcs don't even appear until until Morrowind. Yeah, and neither do the Imperials for for that matter. That's true. Um. Really, when it came to Arena and Daggerfall, you've got um, Nord, Redguard, Breton, Altmer, Dunmer, Bosmer, human-looking Khajiit, and uh, and uh, Argonians that really look more akin to the Dunmer yep. than anything yeah. else. And then there's no Orc and there's no Imperial. And the same thing for Daggerfall, although the, the, the uh, Argonian become uh, more dinosaur-looking re- reptilian. Um, look, look how evil the Argonian looks for the second one up. Yeah, Daggerfall. Look yeah, at it. that looks. It just looks less than like, human and completely unnecessary. I want unnecessary. to eat your liver, and <laughs> I, I want to you. drink some Chianti, <laughs> Clarice. <laughs> Can we talk about how the orc looks like Shrek? Yeah, that's what, that's what I always said. It totally <laughs> I know the orcs in Oblivion are just like either like that color green or like a slightly lighter green, but they're all Shrek. It's basically looks <laughs> like I think you guys call them Lugas. It just looks like someone's spat out something and then stuck oh, some Lugie, Lugie, yeah, yeah. stuck some plasticine eyes on it. It's like okay, there's there's your orc. There you go. So um, there you have it. Uh, the the races of Tamriel through the through the ages, um, such as they are. And uh, big shout out to to Monovan for uh, bringing us this this uh, awesome picture today. Yeah, like that's community team at work spending time on imagery. Sure thing. Uh, now <laughs> today is uh, today is first seed the twenty first. That means it's uh, Hogtham. And in Daggerfall, this is the summoning day for Azura. Oh, yes. Did you say hug them? Hog them. Yeah. H-O-G-I-T-H-U-M. Hog them. So, hug them. Okay. Hug them. Shank, will you hug me? No. <laughs> John. No. Wow. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs>
No, no hug from anyone, huh? Jeez, that's that's. Not a No, I'm not hugging you, bro. Oh. <laughs> um, come to call Dave. Uh, he's not gonna hug you either. Uh, he might. Not if he's locked up in my basement, dude. That's that's not how these things work. That's creepy. Is Dave currently locked in your basement, Shank? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> when is he not? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Wow. All right. So now's a good time to just, uh, John, uh, sort of mention what we- <laughs> Uh, I think we've got a really awesome show in, uh, ahead of you uh, today. Uh, we are talking about Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, we've got some really, really interesting discussions from the forums, the official uh, Elder Scrolls forums, that um, I believe are going to help frame our discussion about Elder Scrolls Six. And uh, while we do that, I'll be playing some Skyrim. So, so those on the YouTube's uh, sit back, uh, relax, and enjoy our thoughts and impressions on Elder Scrolls 6. Um, plus, we've got uh, Mori's random lore book of the week, as well as uh, John's mod as well, mod suggestion of the week. So, uh, without any further ado, John, you maybe uh, you want to tell uh, the listeners what, uh, what uh, we're going to be covering today. Sure. So, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, as you mentioned, Elder Scrolls Six, starting with Beyond Skyrim. Yes. Dramatic pause. Then we're going to be talking about Return of Spellmaking slash, we- ah, slash Weapon Variety. And after that, we're going to talk what should Bethesda never do to ES series. And our last discussion topic will be which year do you think the Elder Scrolls Six will be released? That's right. Now, uh, one of those has a has a poll attached to it, which I, I would like to sort of lead our our discussion up with first. Um, and I believe the uh, the poll was was. Hmm. Let me get back over here for a second here. To have a poll. Yeah, to have a should we have a poll, guys? That'd be it. Um, would you like spell making and weapon variety in the game? Uh, now, this was found on the the um, Elder Scrolls forums, the official Elder Scrolls forums, and it is a uh, an official poll from uh, from Bethesda, and they're they're asking, do you want spell making and uh, weapon variety back inside the Elder Scrolls game? Now, now um, out of forty four votes, okay, two people have said that they'd rather leave that kind of thing in the past. Uh, versus the other 42 have said bring it back inside the game. Uh, now, Shank, this this kind of recalls back over to Oblivion, doesn't it? Oh, yes. I, I one, cannot, one cannot help but think of Oblivion when you see something like this. Um, this, this definitely... One, one of the joys that I had in Oblivion, and actually still have in Oblivion, is the... In the Arcane University, you go to the Kiranasium, which is a spell uh, crafting uh, building within the Arcane University itself. I think it's like the third building from the right in the actual grounds. And you, you get spell making altars, and you can. The idea is that if you, you, you have the appropriate soul gem, so clearly, you know, a greater soul gem will get, allow you to create a more uh, powerful spell than a, uh, you know, a, a weaker soul gem. 
And it's based on, you know, what kind of uh, magic that you've learned and stuff like that. And the opportunities to mix and match uh, spells and abilities into creating whatever kind of spell you want, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And I, I loved that about Oblivion. And I was, frankly, I was a little bit disappointed when that was uh, not present in Skyrim. Um, I, I, which is kind of weird because they, they have enchanting in uh, in Skyrim and so uh, you know you'd kind of think that okay well that kind of like a, a sister school to that would be spell making or spell crafting so I was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't in Skyrim and I am of the mind that it, it absolutely should come back to the uh, the next Elder Scrolls game I think I mean you're looking at this poll 95% of people who voted want it returned and yeah, I, I, I definitely, I really do want to see it return because I that's one of the things I really enjoyed doing in um, in Oblivion. John, what do you think about this? Do you think that uh, the ability to make your spells should come back to Elder Scrolls? Yeah, it, it seems like the most logical decision, like um, Shank was mentioning, uh, Enchanting. They have that, but really uh, for, say... A warrior, you can craft your sword, you can craft your heavy armor. For a character playing a stealthy archer class, you can uh, craft your leather armor, you can craft your bow, you can craft uh, daggers. So for the mage players, there's really nothing for them to craft. You know, they can create clothing, I guess, light armor, but really there's there's nothing else for them to do other than... enchant their stuff but 90% of the people that you know get into crafting end up picking up enchanting anyway so you can enchant what you're crafting so I I think it would be a good move to give them something to do I just think that it's important that you have the right limitations on it Um, as far as mixing and matching I don't know about that but maybe making it an alternative means to uh, get your skills or your spells or also introduce sort of like a morph uh, to certain spells. Yeah, I, I like the idea that you said that there there should be some kind of limitation to it because when anyone ever says um, anything about about uh, the that feature in uh, Oblivion, it's usually <laughs> caveated with it was also incredibly overpowered. <laughs> Well, that's what I loved about it. You could just craft like godlike spells, and like I loved that flexibility that you had with it. And it would, it would, it would man, I, I, I think I'm one of the few people that actually liked the uh, the fact that you could just crank up your spells to whatever. Um, Shank, though we have to do have to say that you basically liked everything about Oblivion anyway. So uh, that's not true. I, I have my I have my quibbles with Oblivion, but that that's one of the things that. I kind of like, I don't know, in like in a fantasy kind of game, like I want to be able to like basically just have all the powers and just be God. Like that, that's pretty cool. I just don't want it to break the game. I, I still want to have challenge and be challenged by the game. Uh, we had something in the chat. Uh, uh, if I'm just going to bring it up real quickly. A, a comment by the the ab miles i'm butchering your name i'm sorry uh he or she that this individual says crafting spells would add even more individuality and i have to agree with that actually i mean i think he this person makes a good point 
Well, uh, on to Maury. You know, what, Maury, what do you what do you think about it? It sounds like you've definitely got some some um, something. Well, to say. yeah, I mean, no, about like, like, what? What was that? I don't know. I thought John said something. Oh, I don't know, but go ahead. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I've done before, like I think I've mentioned, like nope, if you look at guys. okay, Skyrim Nexus, like people have made spells on there and they're, they're tremendously overpowered, and you can't get away from that. And you give people that choice and create and license to create, then you know they are going to create world-ending spells. And I don't know. You, to me, magic. You know, and spells were created by mythical people of the past, and maybe creating spells is beyond the realms of people of the now time type thing. It's like it comes from learning what other people did and stuff rather than creating your own. And I just think that spells should be left in the past, like creating epic weapons. Epic weapons are epic because they come from a time past. I don't think you should be able to create epic weapons nowadays. Well, to be fair... I don't with, think the question... <laughs> you go ahead, John. Yeah, I mean, the, the question's not saying epic weapons. It's saying weapon variety. Because, I mean, honestly, oh, that's well, something I feel... Was no, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't actually answering the, the weapon part. I was, it was more saying, like, comparing it to an like, epic legendary spell, like Master Spells in, in Skyrim. I don't think the players should be able to craft them. It should be something that's taught over time rather than some you're just some genius or super powerful mage that can do it. I think I think it should be like dragon shouts, like they are learned and the knowledge is passed down rather than brand new epic spells that are made. Yeah, and... Uh... One of the things that you mentioned was that, you know, on the Nexus you can create, get these, like, ridiculous, like, overpowered spells. But, I mean, to be fair, you could you could say the same about you could get really overpowered weapons on the Nexus. You know, you can get a really overpowered bow, a really overpowered sword, or even armor that's super jacked where you really can't die. So, I think that's kind of, that sense of, like, overpowered, I mean, no matter what, I think the modding community will do what they will with it, and create overpowered versions of everything <laughs> um but i i don't know like i i think i think it's just it's only fair because um in, in my opinion i think it's only fair because you have you, you, all the other sort of uh skills have their own system to create except for the magic in skyrim and i, and I think that's I think that that's where I'm a little bit disappointed is that you, as John made a really good point. You have you know weapons, you can create weapons, you can create armor, but you cannot really you know create your spells. And, and I think why why isn't creating spells just as viable as creating weapons? And I you know I, I think that even though I do like the overpowered spells in Oblivion, I, I agree that there should be a balance. Just like there's a balance with the weapon and armor crafting you have in Skyrim, I think that could be applied. That same balance could be applied to spell crafting in a future Elder Scrolls title. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, now, in in relationship to Elder Scrolls Six, do you? I mean, do you think this is a feature? Uh, you know, real quick. I mean, do you think this is a feature that that should be in Elder Scrolls Six? Um, just 
you know, just the, the basic idea of that. Yes. Yes. Maury. No. Okay. No. What about you, Owen? Um, I haven't played the system in, in Oblivion. So, I mean, my opinion is based on ignorance. Uh, I do... <laughs> I, it, I mean, it, I'm going to be blunt about it, and that's the actual fact is is that I really don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to this. <laughs> so sorry, that's just that's just funny. It's, it's the blunt honesty, or like I I, I, have, I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, what I will say is I like the idea, um, and I definitely see everyone's point of view on it, and uh, I I do kind of hope, just out of sheer curiosity that they put it into into Elder Scrolls 6 because I want to see how how Bethesda looks at Oblivion and the good things and the bad things about it in Oblivion and sort of reinvigorates it or does it differently as a result. So uh, I, I'd say from a, from a pure curiosity point of view, I would definitely like to see it in, in Elder Scrolls 6. Wow. First topic and all three of you are already wrong. Okay, let's move on. We're gonna have a good show. <laughs> All right. Well, what about the what about the comment about weapons? Do you feel that in Skyrim there's enough variety in what kind of weapons you can attain for the size of the game? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta agree with you guys on that one. I mean, definitely not. <laughs> uh, this should this should be the full arsenal. I, I want my mithril armor from Oblivion in Skyrim, please. <laughs> I'm actually, you know what? There's probably a mod for that. Probably. <laughs> no, th there is, but I, I don't think... I mean, as we're looking ahead to the Elder Scrolls Six, I don't think we should be completely reliant on the mod community I agree. to yes, fix I agree. everything. I, I know. I, I completely 100% agree. Um, I think base, yes. I, I think more weapon and armor variety would be great. I, you, too much is never enough in, in my eyes for Elder Scrolls. Apart from if you've got to spend points in blacksmithing, then it might be too much. You might end up spending like 30, 50 points in blacksmithing just so you can make gold, gold-plated dragon armor or something. Although that <laughs> won't be enough to score six because no dragons. But still, well, that's not necessarily true because you could always you could put it in a, in a tier kind of format where you know this tier of armor or this tier of blacksmithing allows you to craft, you know, iron, steel, and blank. Um, the next tier allows you to do so many other different styles as well. I just True. I just think there's not enough variety in the styles of weapons that you can get for the size of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, talking about that, that that's one thing. Like, do we think Skyrim's perk tree will translate to Elder Scrolls Six? I know that's not one of I, our I, topics, but it's a possibility. I think it, 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 it I think it entirely depends on what they have in mind for a progression system. I think if if they keep the classless system like they have in Skyrim, which I, I think is is has its advantages and its disadvantages, but if, if they keep this a similar system where they do away with classes and you can, you know, skill up in anything, I, I, I think that sort of system would be good, but again, like I, I would like to see I would like to I see an, uh, an an evolution of their current, uh, I guess, perk system, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. I, I, if if they do keep it, I want to see more of it and see what they can do with it. I I like I like this topic, and if we have to, we'll forego one of our other ones uh, for now because we do have a general topic in there about about 
um, ideas for uh, Elder Scrolls Six. So, so based on that, let's let's sort of look at uh, the the class structure because that was that really was a fantastic topic, Maury, and I want to talk about it. Um, so, so John, what do you think? I mean, uh, the the way you build your class in Skyrim, and I mean, do you think that's going to make a large appearance? In, uh, in Elder Scrolls 6, or do you think maybe they're going to do something completely different? Um, or do you think there's going to be some facet of class building from the previous games that, that maybe they're really looking at to bring back? Well, I, I always kind of wondered why they didn't include that. Um, like in, in Morrowind and in Oblivion, you can pick like an archetype, like thief, assassin, hunter, and, and then you can go off and create whatever the heck you want. So I, I kind of was confused with Skyrim why they didn't carry that over because I honestly think that you should leave the archetypes in. Uh, one for yeah. you know the hardcore RPGers out there, it, it's something familiar to them. It's something that they enjoy. Uh, me personally, that's something I kind of missed in Skyrim. I I wish there was the archetypes, and I know like in the strategy guide in like the first few pages, they give you uh, archetypes. They give you archetypes. <laughs> Yeah, for exactly. You to go ahead and use. So I kind of I would like to see that come back and just a little bit more depth to the uh, class system. Yeah, I I I agree on on a lot of um, on a lot of that. I think um, personally. It, the the complete uh, character building freedom that you had in uh, in Skyrim was was a huge bonus to the game, but I don't necessarily agree with the um, dropping completely the uh, classes. Yeah, I I it's it's weird because like I. I I kind of like the class system in Oblivion where I'm one of those people that never chooses an archetype. I kind of always – whenever I play a character in Oblivion, I always create a custom class uh, rather than going off of you know one of their millions of archetypes. And if they had – I'm, I'm sort of agreeing with John here where if, if they did have those archetypes in Skyrim – but it also you know, allowed you to create your own sort of custom class. I think they could have iterated on Oblivion's idea where you know, perhaps instead of seven, you have ten skills to give you a little bit more freedom than Oblivion did, but not quite as necessarily as completely open-ended as uh, the, the current sort of perk system. I know that's like weird to say, but I, I think in a way that that sort of open nature without the classes may have made the game a little bit uh, I guess less less difficult in its its you know difficulty settings. Um, I don't know if that may, I don't know this this makes sense in my head, but when I'm saying it out loud, it it's totally jumbled up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of get what you mean because when you're even if you choose to go with the archetype or you choose not to, you're still picking skills in the beginning that you are going to be more proficient at. I guess. Um, and I think that that, for me, it just helps establish what playstyle I'm going to do with that role. Um, yes. So when I go and look and level up, and I go to look at the constellation trees, I'm not going, oh, well, that looks shiny and cool, even though 
you know, it may not be the right move to go with my character. And I also kind of think it hinders people um, that aren't aren't really used to that freedom in RPGs. You know, you, you there is such thing as having you know too much and no guidance at all. Um, but like you say in Skyrim, the the at least the depth, you know, you can pretty much get away with doing whatever you yeah. want at that moment. Um, so I think if they had kind of given you the archetypes, you could have set set a path and built stronger characters with more focused builds, and I think that would have been interesting. <clears throat> One thing I, I I think this should change for Elder Scrolls Six regarding this is is like you guys are saying, bring back sort of a class system. I like the idea of mage sorcerer thief i like the idea of that now how skyrim had nine nine races and they all had like a 10 point bonus in this skill a five point bonus in this i'd like it so you could actually do that and go in and pick like if you choose a mage so then then you've got like illusion conjuration destruction restoration i'd like it so you could actually spec in which one you want as your main so you get a 10 point bonus and which one you get a five point bonus in, and which one you get another five point bonus in. I'd like to see that. So, like, if you want to play a thief class, like your lock, your lock picking, your pickpocket in, is like higher than just base level, which makes it really hard at the beginning of the game to play that thief kind of class. So, I think that would be good. But then also have the open perk tree like they had, but just say just start it off. So you choose, like, you know, how you kind of start the. The beginning when you leave when you're leaving Helgen, you get the choice of the Mage Stone, the Thief Stone, the Warrior Stone. I'd just like to see at the start of the character you, you kind of choose that stone to build your class off, and then maybe go into the game, and, and then you've got the, the different stones as well to to boost certain things. Yeah, that's yeah. I um, okay. I just had a really really weird idea, but just just just. just Hold tight here. All right, we'll hear you out. What do you got? What if? Okay, I, I like Mori's idea where you create. You're 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 given a sort of a, a template. For lack of a better word, I'm going to call it a template, where you pick sort of like you know. Okay, you know you have your racial style bonuses. What if you had like class bonuses on certain skills? Okay, so that makes sense, and I I like that. That's cool. But, and I think this is completely doable with the technology um, today. And, you know, because it's going to be the same tech hardware that's going to be, at least for the consoles, when the new game comes out. But sure. what if, as you played, the game learned what you were, how you were playing and would suggest, hey, we've noticed that you're sort of playing a more sneaky style. It may help you to invest in this certain sneak skill. Um, I'd like the option to turn it off. Yeah, yeah, that, that's no. Seems oh, quite yeah, of course. I mean, if you could turn it off, I think that'd be cool. But I, I just think it'd be like recommendations, like saying, like, I mean, I, I'm thinking more in terms of people like that are not used to the you know incredibly wide open choices. Because I mean, I let's face it, like when Skyrim came out, you could, if you weren't used to it, you could get overwhelmed with the choice. Oh yeah, I think I think I think this would be a good system to if you're new to the Elder Scrolls series and just the vast freedom that they generally provide. Hey, you know, we you're kind of playing, you're kind of sneaking around a bit. Why not try, you know, this zoom perk for your bow? 
um, so that you can get you know these kind of certain bonuses. And really, that's so that's not too dissimilar to what Oblivion did. If you remember, if you play the intro dungeon piece of Oblivion. Right at the end, what happens? You talk to Boris, and he says, "Hey, let me guess. I, I get. I'm, I'm guessing you're sort of a uh, adventurer type, aren't you?" And what does the game do? Based on what you've been playing throughout that dungeon, it proposes a class for you. True. Yeah, yeah and you, you even saw something like that in uh, in Fallout New Vegas as well. It basically said, you know, let me let me get an idea of what you're doing here, and it was based on the uh, stat changes that that you proposed at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, that's just that's a random idea. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a it's a good idea. It's just like like John, um, I would say let's let's curb that a little bit because the the I I favor more of a uh, organic style. I'd say I don't I don't want a I don't want a game console telling me, <laughs> you know, this is what they think I'm I'm I should be suited for. I want to I want the experience of testing out builds and and having that either turn out complete crap or or be completely uh um you know a, a winning surprise yeah so yeah right. so uh we'll call you back shen <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put that right here right, right over here right in the corner um <laughs> What else? Uh, regarding regarding Elder Scrolls Six. Wow, after all of that I can't believe I just died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the rest of us can. Yeah. And I gotta do it all over again. Jesus. Um <laughs> so regarding Elder Scrolls Six, I mean I we, we have we do have topics that, that can guide us on this. Um, but I mean is there anything else that maybe you wanna just sort of off the cuff get off uh, and talk about right now. Maybe, uh, maybe Maury, John. Any ideas? Yeah, I'd like to to touch on one, and it's something we we kind of talked about before, but we never really went in depth. So I, I think now would be a great time to do it. Um, do you, do you guys want to see in Elder Scrolls Six more of the Fighters Guild quests, more of the Mage Guild quests, more of the Dark Brotherhood quests? And more of the Thieves Guild quests, or do you guys want to see them kind of go off and create different factions? You know, m- maybe keep keeping certain ones, but you know, at least add some new factions into this that that have their own quest lines, like the ones I just mentioned. Hmm. I, I have an answer, but I'll let somebody else go first. Me personally, I I think um, I think more is always better. Uh, when it comes to that sort of thing, more content is is always good. Um, but I I don't want to see them get away from, you know, the idea of the fighters and mages guild and the thieves guild, and I I really see those quest lines as being um, harmonious in helping you build your character. If you really are not too sure where you want to where you want to go. Uh, if you want to build a mage, and you're not sure how, you know, the best way to to do that, do the College of Winterhold. Do quests for the Mages Guild, and you'll start figuring it out really fast. And uh, it's it's definitely helped me. 
Um, so I would never want to see that leave the game completely. Uh, to, to me, to answer this question, you, you also have to kind of ask the question, where is Elder Scrolls 6 going to be? Because obviously, you know, if it was in Valenwood, then you can say, well, let's do something with the Green Pact, or let's do something that, that Wood Elves could maybe do. And same with elsewhere. Like, you would obviously want in involvement from different tribes and, and that kind of stuff. Like, there maybe there's a war, a, like a, a war clan or something like that, that that could be doing it, kind of like the Companions, um, as well as having the... But maybe bring the Fighters Guild back as a you know, an established worldwide guild. And yeah, I think I think it would depend on really where it's based as to what kind of, of factions could be introduced. Um for no. me at least. No, I agree. I mean it just it always seems like I mean that that's all you get is the Dark Brotherhood, the Thieves Guild, uh the Mages Guild and the Fighters Guild. With Skyrim they replaced the Fighters Guild with uh the uh campaign uh Companions. Wow. Companions. Companions yeah. Guild, right. And I just feel like, you know, they were kind of like, they seemed more like a mercenary element. They didn't really seem like the, which I guess maybe the Fighters Guild was, but they could kind of go more of a direction where the Fighters Guild is more knightly. You do have that mercenary kind of faction. You could go and do a quest line for the Thalmor, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and like you're saying, you know, depending on where it is, maybe if it's an elsewhere, there's a hunting, uh, faction that you can go and do a quest line for one of um i i have to kind of agree with abarwin i i personally think that those four guilds in in some way shape or form you know whether they're renamed differently but the the function of those guilds they are the the spine of the games in in one in my opinion um i i think it, but one of the things that disappointed me in oblivion was as part of the Fighters Guild questline, one of your rivals is the Blackwood Company. And they're sort of their own guild. And actually, if you go to Leywind, their hall is located right across the street from the Fighters Guild. But you can never join them. And that's something that really disappointed me was like, oh, man, they have a house, they have a building. Why can't I join the Blackwood Company? I want to be a part of that. So I, I think a future games, I think they need to have those four guilds but more fleshed out in terms of like how long they are and the the quality of the quests and stuff. But I I'm definitely of the mind that more uh, factions I should say should be should be playable as well in in some sort of guild format. Now they might not necessarily have to be archetypal factions. Like you you look at the Bard's College in Skyrim. There's no bard skill, there's no singing skill, but it's it's there. And it does have its, you know, some sort of like a mini quest line. So something like that, it might not necessarily have to be tied to any skills, but just just like another cool faction-like quest line, I think that'd be great. And I, I think more should definitely be uh, included. But okay, from what you, I think so. What you bring up from Oblivion... What if they did something where those, you know, those archetypal uh, guilds all have an opposite? Like the Thieves Guild, it's kind of honor among thieves. You don't kill. Then you have Dark Brotherhood on the flip side of that. For the Fighters Guild, you have more of a knightly kind of feel while you're with the Fighters Guild. And then you have that mercenary element. Uh, 
and then Mages College, you have, you know, the, the structured, you can only learn this, necromancy is off the table, blah, blah, blah. And then you have more of a dark-seated uh, occult, maybe the, the mystic... Mythic Dawn. Mythic Dawn, that you can go and join, something like that. I, I think that'd be cool, but I, I think in, in a certain way, if, if the world genuinely responded to you, think about it this way. If every single one of those guilds, so you have, we're talking, let's look at the four guilds right now as they stand, right? And if each one of them had their, quote, counter and opposite, so we're looking at eight guilds, potentially, right? Now, if you, for example, if you join the Thieves Guild in the next game, naturally, there's no way that you could join the guild that's opposite because they would try to hunt you down so you and like you know kill you because they're like hey you're with the thieves guild we're gonna try to do everything to like get rid of you and eliminate you so i think if you did that and if the world reacted to you appropriately i think you would be locking yourself out of half of the factions that way i don't know if i'd, I'd be opposed to that though because i mean one that that increases the likelihood of you going in and rolling oh, no 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 no, no. You, you misunderstand I, i'm not opposed to that at all I think oh, that's okay. great because you that just increases the replayability. I'm, I'm just like thinking out loud. That's oh that's, yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, that, to me that goes play me many more times. Yes. Make 100 characters. <laughs> exactly, and I have no problem with that. It also opens up the storyline for that as where you could almost say you're like supposedly kicked out of the thieves guild, and now you're an infiltrator in this other group, and you're you're actually there to. To That'd ruin them. Badass. Yeah, that would, that would be. be oh my God. <laughs> Todd Howard, please. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, sir. <laughs> I, I had another thought. What about if you could actually choose to follow a, um, like a path of of a, a priest, like you're a, a priest of Vermina or a priest of Debella or something, dude. Uh, and then you've got extra. You know, then which where whichever one you choose, you have a special bonuses or special uh, buffs in, in certain aspects which help your gameplay. Like a well, maybe, guild? Maybe because yeah. you, you were mentioning you know, uh, getting rid of the Guardian Stones in, in the form that they are now, so maybe that's something that could replace that, is going and following the various Adra or Daedra you would get bonuses to certain skill lines. Yeah, and then like uh, uh, and maybe as you progress through that order like that's when you start getting some of the the actual um, Daedric items. So like, you're so powerful now. You're like Boethius champion and stuff like that. Ooh. Yeah, Dude, a like way of changing idea. it around. Yeah. Um, so instead of the standard shrine quests, yeah, you get oh that's I like that idea. Yeah, me too. It depends on how it how it's executed. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want that kind of thing to be a huge like quest chain though because. Well, I, I don't know. Like I said, it all depends on how it's executed. I mean, would it necessarily be bad if it's a huge quest chain? No, it wouldn't at all. But, I mean, it would also... I don't know. Well, you know one, of the, one of the things that we say about Skyrim is that the quest chains aren't in-depth enough. Yes. So, right, that, that's yeah. my feel. Yeah, well. I, that, I they're completely... too short. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That is true. I don't know. There's, there, I'd have to put some thought into it. There's something about it for some odd reason. Um, like this boss, I just can't get my head around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think that's maybe because you're fighting and losing. You, you're just totally out of it right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could be it. I don't know. I got him. I got him <laughs> twice already. And I don't know. But in any event, there's something about it that I, I just can't put my my finger on that I don't necessarily think is is uh, is catching with me. But in any event, um, okay, uh, John, what's uh, what's our next topic? Okay, so why don't we go ahead into beyond? Well, I mean that's kind of what we've been talking about. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what the beyond, the beyond Skyrim one? Yeah, sure. Let's uh, so another post uh, created by Bethesda is Beyond Skyrim TS six series thirty three. This thread <laughs> is for ideas and suggestions for future Elder Scrolls games and to keep all discussion in one series of threads. So I mean, continuing what we're going on. Uh, what do you specifically think of for location and settings of the future games? This one, I, I gotta say, I, I've seen on the forums a lot being suggested um, the idea of uh, Valenwood. And I, I, I really think that Bethesda is looking at this, and I really think that as a result, I mean, we, we've never, we haven't been to that area in Tamriel yet. Um, now I know also a lot of people are saying that Hammerfell is, is probably going to be the next place, but when it comes to, you know, the Southern portion of, of Tamriel, we haven't had, uh, I don't think it's that region of Tamriel has been given its just due yet. I agree. You know, I, yeah, you know, arena and Daggerfall were, you know, long, long time ago and, Considering you know what's gone on in gaming and technology since, can can you really consider that it's just due? You can argue for it and against it, I suppose. Um, especially when when you know Bethesda does like to to sort of say that yeah we don't feel like going backwards. You know we did there we, we did that we've been there. Uh, let's let's not go back. Right. Let's let's eat each one each problem you know stand on its own. Sure. Um, but I. I I would like to say that on that note of all the, all of that being considered, I really feel that that uh, Valenwood is is the 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 most likeliest of places to hold uh, the Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, I would I would agree with you, Varwin. Um, uh, me personally, I'm biased though because I have a affinity for the Bosma race, so I yeah, would I mean, like to visit their home. I think we all do, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also feel that like with how dreary and kind of barren Skyrim was, yes, I don't want to go back to that. And I feel Hammerfell being a, a desert, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. more or less, Alakir would be desert. would be kind of a, a step in that same direction, where it's it's kind of not the most habited place. It, it's yeah. very sparse. I'd like to go somewhere once again. Where like Cyrodiil, where it's wooded, where it's forested, where where it's inhabited, and did I mention I love Bosmer? <laughs> You're not the only one. Uh, I really think that a lot of the people that are are looking for Elder Scrolls Six. Um, I, I think one of the big things about it and about it being at Valenwood is the fact that hey, you know we've we haven't seen 
the uh, the home of the Bosmer, um, we haven't had. Yeah, the the Thalmor were were um, kind of like the kind of bad guys in uh, in Skyrim, but you know, really, what they haven't had their just due either. And what what was that about? And why were they the bad guys in in Skyrim? And you know, what's it like being uh, Thalmor? And, you know, were there, are there others that feel differently? And, and could that be you? And how does the lore support that? I mean, there's just, there's just a, a lot of things going on regarding an Elder Scrolls game taking place in Valenwood that I, I don't really think that you're going to have uh, the opportunity to explore um, in the far future for probably purposes of you know other places uh getting their you know getting their just due in in the far future as well so yeah i mean i, I kind of think that valenwood is kind of perfect because they're not going to do somerset isles because of the hate that the thalmor gathered <laughs> in skyrim and what's perfect place is to take them to another elven home which is old mary which is thalmor kind of homeland but they'll become, you know, they'll be given to us in a totally different light because they're in their natural environment type thing. But they're not in Somerset Isles where people would have a massive issue with because of of what Skyrim did. So I think that would be a really good place to kind of twist the picture on the Falmer and how they interact with the world. And maybe you'll have more understanding of the Falmer way of life, which is the only one true way of life. <laughs> Join us. One of us. Wow. One of us. Wow. All right, guys. Freaky. Uh, wow. <laughs> I think... Yeah, uh, okay. So there's there's a couple reasons why I want Valenwood. Number one, the Bosmer are my favorite race, bar none. Like, they, I mean, they're just awesome. They're, they're just pretty cool. And do is awesome um secondly and this is this is like the quintessential you're gonna shake your head shank answer but technologically i think there's wonderfully amazing gorgeous things that can be done if it is in a heavily wooded place this go around i think from an aesthetic standpoint both technologically and art style it could look truly gorgeous and genuinely otherworldly and i think that would just add I think that would honestly – I think it, it more than anything, that would help even more people kind of like Skyrim introduced this game, you know, people to the series for the first time. I think Valenwood, if, if it was in Valenwood, could have a very good, very real chance of doing the same thing. And you know what? I mean I, th I think it will just be great because Cyrodiil is my favorite uh, game mostly because of the the landscape and i i genuinely i kind of like the rolling sort of plains and hills uh that cyrodiil offered and i think a return to that with a slightly different twist would be great i i, I really 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 want valenwood man i will i will todd howard i will do whatever you want just give us valenwood wow all right <laughs> yikes Wait. um and i agree shank because We've seen concept art for this location in another game that we can't talk about. But I would love to see the home of the Bosmer, which is very reminiscent of Lothorian, 
uh, yes. from the Tolkien series. Yes. In an engine that's updated on what Skyrim was built on. Oh my god, dude, don't even I mean, my my mind is literally just going everywhere right now. Yeah, see, that's and, and that's that's the thing. Like when it comes to Volinwood, I, I believe that the series has the which is what I was trying to get at earlier, I think. Um you know, you had you had the from from Morrowind to Oblivion to Skyrim. You you sort of had a a, a little bit of understanding or or a, the story sort of touching um, the Thalmor and the Bosmer a little bit, especially with Skyrim, the Thalmor being in there. Um, but we, we've never actually seen anything uh, really focus around around the elves. On top of that, from what you hear about about Valenwood, it, it really does offer the series a chance to do something almost completely different. And and really have that high fantasy look that you don't equate with Elder Scrolls, you know. Since since Morrowind, um, really, I mean, every single game really brings this to the table, and that is the the re- reality sense, the true gritty sense of um, medieval life in a in a imperfect world. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's very much like that. And you can go into Volenwood with that idea and yet have contrasting beauty surrounding deep, dark, immersive uh, quests that is so, you know, key to the Elder Scrolls series. And... Um, I think it would be in a, a real treat to to get into that sort of thing versus going to another place that maybe we've seen you know a little bit in another game before or in DLC before, um, or you know really have had a, a visceral picture uh, painted for us uh, one way or the other, and that would sort of feel kind of like a more of the same sort of way. Um, I really think Valenwood's an untouched territory and uh, there's a lot of imagination that can be explored there. ENB in Valenwood, that, that's all I'm saying. Wow, can you imagine the amount of like waterfalls and just how beautiful ravines and things it could have? Yeah, mm. and just it, strictly from a landscape perspective, I mean like, Valenwood has really, really tall, gorgeous trees making up these dense for just atmospherically imagine you are you you finish the little prisoner escape sequence right mm-hmm. and you step out into valenwood into this just unearthly atmospheric mist filled glade of trees and you look up and they see go on for seemingly seemingly forever i mean like that ha- that has got to have some sort of impact what about like just like cities in trees, like how yeah, big man. it could be, and like how epic that would be. Just well, yeah, having I mean, trees and cities for, like going on forever. For those of us that have bought the wonderful Elder Scrolls anthology and got all those maps, if you're looking at the overall land of uh, Tamriel and you're looking at Valenwood, it has some mountains up to the north on the border with Cyrodiil, but 
pretty much the whole rest of the landscape is covered in a giant forest. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and considering, I mean, if you're looking at the stream right now, you know, uh, Skyrim is is certainly uh, dreary at times. Um, I, I think it would be a, a refreshing change. Um, also, I think elsewhere would be would be a very interesting place to go to as well. But but certainly, I think. Um, the the home of the Khajiit maybe would feel a little more alien than than something more humanoid than uh, than Valon would. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say we have somebody in the chat, TM Miles, uh, saying shooting bows, stealth in trees, air assassinating enemies. Oh my God! Can you imagine if that's to bring in like Assassin's Creed parkouring? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, wow. I do. Oh dear. That'd be awesome. Mm. Shank could actually parkour in Elder Scrolls games officially. Yeah. I know, his catchphrase <laughs> would have a whole other meaning. It sure would. Yeah. It, it would actually apply. Yeah. <laughs> and there would probably be no need for horses at all, basically. Oh, yes, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. So, so John, what's, uh, what's next up on the docket? All right, so next up, what should Bethesda never do to the Elder Scrolls series? Wow. Oh, my God. That is. Okay. So let's get, let's get prepared for this. Number one, don't let Shank do it. <laughs> because it'll just be, just because, like I say, it'll just be. 7,000 hours content of um, sightseeing. Yeah, like, why not? Like, I think that's great. Like, have 7,000 square kilometers of just land. Wow. <laughs> that's a big, big map. That'd be, uh, that'd be great. Yeah. I yeah. think, um, I think one thing they should never do is allow your character to be the central character in the game. Every Elder Scrolls game, the real main character is the province that you're playing in. And that's what makes the larger-than-life feeling that you get when you take your character and drop them into that, that sort of environment and pits them against the circumstances and the setting and really gives you that 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 true heroic epic feel because you know you can only feel like a real hero if the challenge feels real and it was really hard and you got through it and you didn't think someone held your hand in order to walk you through a story so i don't think they should ever change the main story the main character which is the setting the setting is always the main character and they should never change that i would agree Kind of makes you, it gives you that feeling that the world existed before you got there. Exactly. And will, ex and will exist after, long after you've stopped playing, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say that, and, and that it will keep going. Um, one thing I would like to see them never do is never reuse the same dungeon and just open different doors for you. <laughs> do not oh, do that. Oh, Oblivion. No, I, I was totally <laughs> referencing Dragon Age too, but um, they should never bring back bring back flying animals with hitboxes on the ass. 
Agreed. Because it makes John sad. It does. If Very John gets sad, sad, I I have a bad week because I hear about it all the time. Basically, oh. leave cliff races out. They died off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How how about this? Uh, they should never take swimming out of the game. Um. No, I, th- I think they should totally remove Argonians. So never make another game with Argonians. <laughs> they I, did I it in act- the first couple of games. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the couple of the games. I, I actually have a sort of answer here. Um, kind of. <laughs> but I... I hmm. This, this is going to be... This is going to sound elitist, but it really... I'm telling this is genuinely good intentions. I I don't think they should ever get rid of modding capabilities. No, of course not. Because most uh, I have so much fun in Skyrim modding Skyrim, and be, every single time I do, it creates an entirely new experience with the game. And I I don't think Bethesda will ever remove modding. I think that's actually kind of weird to even think it, but I, that's just that. Honestly, that's if you're asking number one thing they should never do is never get rid of mine. I think as long as Todd Howard's at the helm, they they will not do that. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been on record saying many times, especially with the release of Skyrim. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we we opened up the game to do that. We gave you the tools, and then being asked on camera, you know, why do you think why do you think other game developers? don't do that and he he just with as much honesty as as the man could probably muster in his face just said i really don't know (laughs) well to kind of build off shank though i would say never release the creation kit with like never release the game without the creation kit uh coming the same day in tandem yeah and I, i i know they wanted to do that with skyrim but they had to push it back but Man, I agree. Give, give the community. I, I think. I think honestly, an Elder Scrolls title is twofold. You have the game, and then you have the SDK. So I think I considered like a Skyrim, like a complete package with those two elements in it. And I, I completely agree, man. Like I think you know, as as a whole package, releasing both at the same time because, oh, man, th- can you think of the possibilities? On day one, out of the box possibilities you have. Well, not only that, but it also ended up causing issues where you know mod creators, instead of being able to spend time expanding on what they built, they had to go back and make compatibility patches once the creation kit was brought out. That's yeah. That is yeah. That's that's definitely true. <laughs> the enthusiasm of the modding community, dude. We need mods. We need mods. You don't have the SDK yet. I don't care. We're going to make mods. <laughs> we're going to make mods. <laughs> and we're going to make no, them work actually, for us. That's actually something we touched about. I mean, Shank did uh, a live stream, and we were talking about bringing modding to consoles. And uh, we kind of think that's maybe a viable in the, on this generation. or That should be something that they should try and work on. Yeah, I... I Yeah, I, I think it's it should come to consoles realistically you know with the licenses and the way that the you know consoles have sort of walled gardens around their ecosystems i i don't know how viable and realistic it is but i'm firmly of the belief that modding should be available to everybody 
you know, platform I, agnostic. I agree, but I do think the wall garden is is quite the hurdle to it tackle. Is. But I, I do think that you know the the PlayStation owners, the Xbox owners, they would get a whole lot more out of the game. They and would appreciate it on a whole nother level if there was a modding community uh, available to them. Yeah, I I agree. I think it would it would make the game. I mean, it, it's. It, Really, a, a lot of mods that we really enjoy, Falscar, perfect example, that is effectively DLC, like a free DLC. And I think everybody should have the opportunity to enjoy that, you know? It, ju it just makes the experience more fun, makes it better. Right, no, absolutely. And, and a lot of the other mods are all, you know, some of the most downloaded ones are tweaks on the system that pretty much anyone that mods Skyrim ends up adopting. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, it, it's an improvement on what Bethesda did. Not not saying that's a bad thing on Bethesda, but it just goes to show you the passion of the modding community and then what it is that they're actually doing. Like they can create a mod that a lot of people just turn around and go, "I can't play without this anymore." Exactly, and I can name many. I'm sure all of us can. We can. There's mods that we cannot see not you know playing without at this oh, point. Oh yeah, I think Sky UI is a big one. And and how funny is it? to to look at um elder scrolls online's you know interface and and sort of see a little bit of sky ui in there so oh, yeah, man. Totally. i think one of the one of the best things about about uh, modding skyrim or uh, modding elder scrolls games and, and and the strongest example is is skyrim and oblivion uh well really Morrowind's oblivion and skyrim as well um, I think one of the one of the strongest examples of that are are finding mods and then finding examples or echoes of those most popular mods that Bethesda puts into the next iteration of the game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, end of the day, like five million people are probably a high of a higher percentage of having good ideas than forty people who are on the dev team or two hundred people or whatever. So chances are that they're going to be some really good mods that they maybe should consider adopting. Yeah, and, and I, I I wholeheartedly believe that that uh, the developers look at those huge mods and they they really say this guy improved our game with this mod. How can we find a way to adopt that? No, by hiring I, him. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, Hearthfire came out after a mod had come out that had done the same exact thing in, mm -hmm. in the same exact way like the the way you built the house was was very similar blueprints crafting table books stuff like that and then all of a sudden bethesda comes out and releases that as dlc oh yeah uh, yeah that, i think i i think because of that in elder scrolls 6 we are going to have the opportunity hey you want to build a house all right well you need the raw materials you know, like I think that's that's I I Varwin, I agree with you. I, I mean, you can't. Bethesda is very very acutely aware of their modding community, and they're very acutely aware of what mods work with their lore and with their mechanics, and what ones don't. The ones that are the most popular and do work and provide a genuine increase in quality of experience, I have no doubt. Come Elder Scroll Six, you will see some of the most well-received quality of life popular skyrim mods in elder scroll 6 and i that that's a great thing because what does that do 
that's now your baseline for Elder Scrolls 6. That is the bar. The modding community is going to look at that and improve on it even more. How is that a bad thing? Yeah, and, and I, it's not a bad thing. It absolutely is not because this, it, believe it or not, that even fosters a community. Yeah. What other things? And uh, maybe we'll go with uh, Maury as well this time. Um, what other things do you think uh, that uh, Bethesda should never take out of Elder Scrolls they, games? Well, the one thing they should never do is solve the mystery of the Dwemer ever. Mm, good, good one. Because that that can that can run throughout the whole entirety of as many games as they want to make <clears throat> so that's that's a big thing that I think they should never take out that mystery quality yeah I mean that that's that's one of the big turning point uh, well big it, draws to it yeah. should I say yeah it's a huge but thread what really, did you happen, don't like, I don't want that figured out <laughs> no just because it, it is a mystery like I want them to give hints at things that would be good so like it just drives you that little bit more insane so just tease little situations I don't know if I could handle that <laughs> I'm I'm of the same mind you know uh, and I'll, I'll recall back to this one as well being a huge Doctor Who fan you know, uh, season seven, the end of season seven, they, they brought up the idea of um, what is the doctor's name? Because the. that's his first name. The. The. And his last name is Doctor, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, this, the, the show's been on, it's, it's, the show's 50 years old, and it's been on consecutively for most of those 50 years. No one has ever known the character. To, to have a real name. We know he's got a grand... He know, we know he has a granddaughter. We know he, he once had children. We know, you know, from, from uh, the new series, he has a, a daughter as well. We know a lot of personal things about the Doctor. But there's some things that we just don't know and we don't ever want to know because we've grown to enjoy not knowing and, and speculating. And when it comes to when it comes to the Dwimmer, it's... it's um If you love Elder Scrolls games, I think... Uh, many of the fan base has has grown to love the mystery surrounding the Dwemer. Um, another case in point, you know the the Aliads as well. You know we we kind of know that the Aliads were were sort of they they had a huge empire, and then all of a sudden, uh, through the passage of time, politics, war, their influence on Tamriel swayed, and um, as the 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 uh, with, when humans came over from from uh, Akavir, that sort of you know kind of drove the nail into the coffin a bit on on them and and helped usher in a new era in Tamriel, pushing them out um, and and creating that that whole issue with uh, with them losing their power. But there's still a lot of mystery surrounding that, and I know a lot uh, a lot of Elder Scrolls fans would like that mystery to remain intact to a degree. And I think the Dwemer mystery is is one of those big ones where we kind of want to know, but we also don't want to know all of it too at the same time. And so I, I sort of I, I sort of agree with Mari on that one. Well, I, I'd have to say you at least got to solve one of them for me. 
uh, pick one, I guess. But <laughs> I, you can't have the Iliads and the Dwemer. I, ne- I need something. Like, you know, you reference Doctor Who, but the great thing about that is, you know, the one secret is his name. That's only one secret. Don't, don't hold two from me. Well, you know, they did mean. kind of at least give you a, a snow elf, like, in Skyrim DLC. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you got a, sky, you got a snow elf. So. Don't care. Wow. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't so secretive. And I believe you knew well before the Dawnguard DLC that the, the Falmer were fallen snow elves. Yeah, I know. But like the saying, you didn't know that there was any actual snow elves left. So that's, so that's good. One. So that's one. So I don't care. <laughs> no, that's no, that's not that's not much, that's not. It doesn't have the same mystery and and you know the same <laughs> intrigue it, around it as the Dwemer and the Iliads do. So the entire John. race just disappear. Vote <laughs> kick, John. Uh, John's got a point on that one, though. No, yeah. I don't agree. Yeah, well, uh, I agree with John just okay. despite more. Oh God. Just to spy more. Winning. <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else that, that we feel that they shouldn't uh, ever, ever, ever get rid of? First person. I don't think they will, but that's just throwing it out there. It wouldn't be an Elder Scrolls game if they got rid of first person. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> they should never bring back Oblivion Lockpicking. Yes, please. Yeah. Agreed. Never. Ever. Never go away from the Skyrim lockpicks. The, the, what they got going on in Skyrim is perfectly fine for me. I'm cool with that. I agree. I think for Varwin's sanity, no Oblivion lockpicking. Please no yes. Oblivion lockpicking. <laughs> Please no. Please no. I don't think it's possible to do without a controller. It is not. Trust me. It, <sighs> it just isn't, dude. Controller's perfect for it. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I fly through Oblivion lockpicking on, on, on the 360. Put me in front of the PC. No. Gone. It just lies Clearly. smashed in ruins at your feet. How many how many hours of examples did we have of me trying to do Oblivion lockpicking with a mouse and keyboard? It's just the, the proof's in the pudding. It's awful and I hate it. I think one of our listeners had their kidney uh, shut down. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yep, that happened. Totally how believe it. Stomach pump. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like having my stomach pump when... I do like picking and flipping with a mouse. Just, just, just to say, like, the, like I've played about seven hours of Oblivion total, and I've opened a master lockpick. I mean, you can do it, but I'm going to chalk that up to blind luck rather than any skill on Mori's part because I don't mm. feel like crediting Mori at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Bro, pound. Pound. <laughs> All right. Uh, I believe we've got one more topic, correct, John? Oh, we do. Oh, we, we do. do. This, this one's a poll. So would you like me to give the poll results first before um, we start discussing? I don't know. What do you guys think? We should do that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that way we can, like, theorize on the uh, the results and give some context. Yes, I agree. All right. So wait, was that a yes, give the poll results? Uh, yeah, that, yes. was, that was yes. Okay. So our next topic is which year do you think the Elder Scrolls 6 will be released? The poll had for options 2014 which got 3 votes. 2015 which got 55 votes. 2016 which got 87 votes. 2017 which got 80 votes. And 2018 which got 29 
So 2016 was the clear winner with 2017 coming up a close second. So I guess not that clear. <laughs> Literally seven votes. <laughs> yeah, just seven votes. Kind of like our Aldermary Dominion Daggerfall Covenant vote at the moment. Correct. All right. Well, um, uh, Shank, what do you, what do you think? Do you, I mean interpretation just uh, throughout a year, and then maybe the interpretation of those results? Sure. So we're looking at the top two. Uh, we have 2016 and 2017. Okay. So let let's do a little bit of math and a history lesson here. Boo. We okay. I'm sorry. It's it's re- like literally subtraction. With some Fourier transform. Anyway, okay. So 2016. If we if we look at 2016, that means between Skyrim and 2016, that that's five years. Okay. So five years, but that that's say that's the same amount of time it took f- between Oblivion and uh, Skyrim. Now Morrowind, I believe, came out 2002, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Morrowind between Morrowind and Oblivion that w- that was four years. So we had four years and then we had five years between the next game. I think 2016, while it maintains that same five years, I still think that's too early. And and, and I'll tell you why in a second. Recently, we've seen that. Um, we have basically uh, Oblivion, okay, cool, 2006. Then we had Fallout 3, 2008. And then three years after that, we had Skyrim. Now, Avarwin, you made a good point in our pre-show, which I'm going to bring up here. And um, if, if you have the art book for the collector's edition of Skyrim, there, there is a foreword uh, written by Todd Howard. And in that foreword, there is a screenshot. And it's actually the first screenshot from Skyrim. And the date of the screenshot is 2008. Now, remember what I just said. Fallout 3 came out in 2008, and they had a you know a functional working screenshot, I should say, of Skyrim. And then three years later, the, uh, the game came out. I think we're going to see a Fallout 4 announcement sometime this year with a game due out 2015. Now... That's that gives us only a year gap between Fallout 4 2015 and the next Elder Scrolls, which would be 2016. I don't think that's realistic. I think they would be working on the next Elder Scrolls for at least three years. So I think that 2017 is the more realistic date. Um, and we can see here that in the poll, it's very, very close between 2016 and 2017. So I, I would guess 2017. Uh, does Todd Howard work both on Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls? Yeah, he's the uh, creative director of both. Okay. Yes. No, Todd. Um, Todd Howard's the. Um, he's the. Isn't he the president of? He's the uh, president of Bethesda Softworks. Right, right, right. But he's also a director of the games. Okay. Well. Either way, I, I agree with Shank, and I, I've been saying 2017 for a while. I've been saying pretty much the same thing he's saying. You will see a Fallout 4 announcement this year, QuakeCon or, or E3, something like that. Um, and then we'll see the next Elder Scrolls game 
launching in 2017, maybe 2018. What about you, Maury? Seven. Seventeen. Seventeen. Seven. Seventeen. July 7th, 2017? Agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I have to... I would have to echo that as well. Uh, w- one of the one of the things that I I happen to believe is that we're we're seeing if, if you look at some of the the forum forum posts that we talked about today so far, uh, a couple of them are actually official from Bethesda. These guys are they're going onto their forums and asking the community, you know, what do you think? Uh, what what things in Elder Scrolls Six do you think we should put in? If that doesn't mean that they're at least um, doing some general basic thought as to what that game should have, I mean, I don't know what what does. And honestly, right now, I think there is a game studio in in Bethesda Software somewhere. Out of like the eleven studios or so that they own. I think somewhere they're developing the engine for for Elder Scrolls Six. At the very least, I think they're at that point. I agree. May, like maybe some concept art at this point. Right. I think next year. I think next year's E three, E three twenty fifteen. We're going to get an announcement from Todd Howard saying, "Hey guys, by the way, here's Elder Scrolls Six. Um, something like that. I think uh, 2017. Well, maybe not. Maybe 2015 might be a little early for that. But um, I do believe that 2017 is going to be the year Elder Scrolls Six comes out. I think end of 2017 is um, is the target date for that. No, I, I agree. I, I don't think that we'll see an announcement in 2015 about the game. I think they'll definitely start teasing it 2016. Um, and I think Mori might be onto something with that, that launch date because they like to play games with numbers. Yes. And, you know, who knows? Hopefully they have new consoles by then. And imagine this being a launch uh, title on those consoles. I, I no, personally. That's I'm such a stretch. I, I know I don't, that's what I don't you th- want. But that's that's what I want. I don't know. I don't. I highly, highly doubt Microsoft and Sony are going to be like, "Hey, here's a new console." That's what I want. Ideally, I would like new consoles with the new Elder Scrolls as a launch title, because I think that would literally sell every single console ever. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think the new consoles. Are really- oh, so going back to um, actually going back to one of the topics, um, what do we not want Bethesda to do? I don't want them to design the game towards the console i agree that's go that's, pc scale down yeah i think it's easier yeah. to do it that way <laughs> no and, and honestly like i understand what john is saying and he this is he's not saying this with like a, an elitist sort of mentality it's it's purely from a technological standpoint it it, it makes sense now more than ever with specifically these machines it does make sense and it gives everybody the optimum experience, which, you know, as a developer, you want your player base to have the best experience no matter what. So, I, I John, I agree with you. All right. Uh, anything else, guys? 
Very good. All right, uh, John, your your mod, sir. Mod recommendation of the week. All right, so this week I have a mod that people who record gameplay footage will really actually appreciate. Um, so for those of us that do record Skyrim gameplay we and run EMBs and maybe run Climates of Terramarill, understand how dark dungeons become once you start using some of these other mods. So when you're recording that, when you're in these dungeons, a lot of the time, especially on Twitch, all you're seeing really is black screen, maybe your hands if you're, you're using spells and stuff. So what I have for you guys is wearable lanterns. It's a very simple mod. I believe it is also available on the workshop that adds the ability to craft a lantern and then using leather strips create a loop on that lantern that you can attach to your belt and carry on you so it illuminates the area in front of you. There is also a built-in uh, book that opens up a configuration menu to allow you to increase the brightness or decrease it. And also, in my experience, I never had an issue sneaking uh, with this mod enabled and having enemies find me because of the light. So I definitely think for those of you that are recording gameplay footage uh, or maybe doing a Let's Play series that this is something you want to look into to help light your scenes uh, without the turning back on the ambient light that's in the dungeons. Okay. Very good. Uh, usually I like to use the uh, the torches. I, I think those are those are a lot of fun, but... Um, that takes a hand. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, and that's the problem with that is it definitely takes options away from you right at the moment. Um, okay, that leaves us with uh, Maury and uh, your book, sir. It does, and what I can say is, it's not episode has really given me food for thought, and following that train of food for thought the book today is Uncommon Taste by the author The Gourmet which is in Skyrim I believe it said by opening this volume you have taken the first step on a truly epic journey a voyage through the vast landscape of Breton food and its myriad joys and wonders you will explore scents, flavours and textures so exquisite they will seem impossible but they are more than possible hey um <laughs> we got we got a little uh typing audio going on there <laughs> yeah that's john's mechanical keyboard <laughs> <laughs> indeed by following the carefully selected recipes presented in this cookbook you will prepare extraordinary dishes with this, with such ordinary ease, those around you will suspect sorcery. But the only magic is that which exists in your own heart, the passion you possess for creating delicious, amazing food that can be prepared easily and joy enjoyed endlessly. Start here, and someday you can be the gourmet. Now we have an, a recipe for sunlight souffle. And the ingredients are two and a half ounces of cow cheese, one ounce of butter, one ounce of flour, nine ounces of milk, a dash of salt, 
a dash of pepper, pepper, and a cupful of ground nutmeg. It says, recipe, stoke the flames of your oven and achieve a moderate heat. Grate the cheese into thin shavings by running a finely honed elven dagger over the block. Separate the egg whites from the yolks and beat them and beat the whites vigorously until they thicken. Begin preparation of the signature sunshine sauce. Wow. Melt the butter and add in the flour while stirring continuously until well blended. Move the mixture so a smaller flame and begin and move the mixture to a smaller flame and begin gently stirring the milk. It is crucial that you do not stop stirring exclamation point. Continue to do so for ten minutes until the mixture thickens, then and only then will the sunshine sauce be considered ready. Add the salt, pepper and nutmeg and remove from the flame. Add in the grated cheese and the egg yolks. Stir well until fully blended. Then, gently add in the egg whites with a spoon made of a carved hickory wood. Gently pour the mix into the four stonework souffle dishes, filling each nearly, but not quite, to the top. Put the dishes into your moderately hot oven and shut the door. Keep sealed for 25 minutes or your scrumptious suns will rise only to fall down flat into the oven's abyss. Remove after 25 minutes and serve immediately. Behold the brilliance of the sun and the exquisite flavour of the sunshine souffle. Portage la magnifique. Ingredients. Four cups of chicken broth. Four cups of beef broth, two and a half ounces of butter, one wooden flagon of flour, one cup diced carrots, half a cup diced onions. Recipe, stroke the flames of your open pit fire and achieve a low heat. Combine all ingredients into a large soup pot. Stir vigorously. Once hot, Pour into an earthen soup bowls immediately. Behold the gourmet signature dish, the potage Les, Les Magnifiques. But wait, I know what you're wondering. That's it? Is that the order is to it? What is the secret of the gourmet? Do you really expect me to give you away the secrets of my most popular dish? Well, guess what? I will. For the secret, my friends, is you. That's right. The potage Les Magnifiques is delicious and extraordinary. Using just simple ingredients listed, you will create a potage that is both hearty and delicious. But in order to make the potage La Magnifique, La Magnifique truly magnificent, it takes the imagination of a truly inspired chef. Do you have the gift? I have had several bowls of potage le magnifique that have caused grown men to weep with joy. Can you guess what I added? Can you create magic? And that is the uncommon taste. 
by the gourmet over at the Imperial Library. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Yes, that, uh, off with his head. That that <laughs> entire thing, I listened with a huge smile on my face. It sounded like a giant innuendo, and I had to like. I'm glad I was muted because I was like laughing to myself because <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Food for thought. Uh, literally, actually, literally. Uh, what I what I like about that is, if um, if you're play- paying real close attention, you can you can probably find uh, real world ingredients for some of those that don't necessarily fit, and uh, and make these things your own. I think that'd be a, a sound, lot of fun. Rather nice. Yeah. Sunshine souffle. Mm-hmm. And the, the, mm. the potage le magnifique. Yeah, All right. well, that's a word. I think, uh, I think we, well, no one here is French, so we're not going to get it. <laughs> exactly, Ma- yeah. Maury's, Maury's the closest to France. He's so, dead to Michelle. Yes. So we'll just say that what he said is right. Right, so he's French. Yeah, exactly. It's really the only way you can sort of slice that one up. All right, guys. Well, uh, I believe that uh, that is our show, unless I'm I'm forgetting something. Um. Yeah, uh, you're forgetting um, that the Elder Scrolls Six is going to feature another Akaviri invasion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if that actually happened in Elder Scrolls Six, I would literally turn off my PC and just run away. Just so, because if my PC is off, then I can't get attacked, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Basically. <laughs> Here we go. All right, guys. Well, uh, closing thoughts, please, before we uh, we end our our evening. And we'll uh, we'll start with Shank. Um. It's it's always fun to speculate on the next Elder Scrolls game. I I don't care like how many times you do it or we we can literally speculate about this game every single episode for the next five years and I guarantee you we will have different discussions every single time. It it, it never gets old. Um, and from a technology you know technophile standpoint, I'm very curious to see what new advancements will bring to the game that frankly should be in the game. Um, so I, I'm very excited to see how that evolves, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, John, uh, yeah, I agree. It's always fun to speculate about the next game, and um, actually, tonight made me feel the sudden urge to go find a little, well, significantly a bigger on the insides blue uh, police <laughs> booth, so I can get to 2017 a little faster. Heck yeah. <laughs> and Maury. Seven. Seventeen. Seventeen. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, when it comes to Elder Scrolls Six, um, obviously, you know, uh, 
there's there's a a huge huge promise as to what what could that game actually be and uh you know this tonight this episode i wanted to sort of take take a minute and and go over the the fact that um just because elder scrolls online is is uh coming out in a couple of couple of weeks uh doesn't mean that elder scrolls 6 is never going to come out and i i think it's really important to to keep in mind that you know the series is more than just Elder Scrolls Online. The series is is you know arena to to Skyrim and um, Elder Scrolls Six in the future, and I think it's important to keep the topic in play even at this early stage in the game of Elder Scrolls Six. Um, it's coming. They're building it conceptually right now, and you can tell because look at the forums. Officially, Bethesda is asking, what should we do? And they're asking us, the community. Now's the time to get onto those forums and, and give your opinion because they love it. They're looking for, for that. They're looking for all of that, those ideas. And um, you may not think we're in a very exciting time right now, but we are. We're in an unbelievably exciting time regarding Elder Scrolls 6 because now they're looking for opinions and they're looking toward their base, which is us. So so uh, don't walk, run to the forums and, and lend those opinions unabashedly, whether you think they're good or bad. Um, if, they're, if there's something that, that they can use, then they will. If there's something that they can't use, then they know... This is an opinion that we don't necessarily uh, care for and, and we know that it's just not where we want to take the game and and but in either case it's it's valuable important input uh so i'm i'm very very excited to see what's going to happen with this game um, when it does eventually come out and if you think about it 2017 really not that far away because here we are at the end of march and in a couple of months 2014 will be halfway away and uh, we've only got, what, two and a half years until 2017, so it's not that far. It'll go by fast. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for, for watching us on YouTube and for listening to the podcast, uh, which will be up by uh, Monday morning, your Monday morning commute. Um, the YouTube video will be up momentarily, so, so stay tuned for that. Uh, time to say goodbye, and let's start with John. Goodbye. I'll miss you all. And more Q. I love you guys. Nothing else? Like, that was actually nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay. And you must be tired. <laughs> Extremely. And Shank. Let's fighting love. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, God. That, that's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, thank you to the chat room who uh, who gave us their uh, their input today. And uh, take care, all of you. Be safe, and may the foos be with you. <laughs>